0: Escaping Denver. Batch 3. UFO Round Table.
1: I don't have a lot of time
0: because I'm on the move. You're that collective I'm on the move. Have fun going through my empty apartment. Things are going to be a little fast and loose for the next while, but I'm confident I'm going to land on my feet. Thanks to you out there listening to this, I've been able to connect with like-minded people that I can and plan to rely on. Before shit hit the fan, some friends of the podcast recorded a roundtable discussion, this time focusing on UFOs, and now feels as good a time as any to share it with you all. I'll let Marta take it from here. To quote Noah, keep your minds and eyes open. Welcome to the Escaping Denver UFO Roundtable. My name is Marta Wesselhoff. I'm a podcaster based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, and I'm here today to talk to some people who have had some very specific experiences in the world of UFOs. Um, I myself am a natural skeptic, so when you hear stories about people being abducted, don't always believe it. But I want to hear from the people who have more experience in this to see if perhaps they can change my mind or kind of shed light on some of the things that we've heard Noah and Sarah go through in the Escaping Denver podcast. I have two guests today. Um, I brought together Ryan Tan, who, uh, Ryan, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you yourself have experienced an abduction in your life.
2: Yes, I have, Marta. and, And thank you so much for having me on the podcast.
0: Of course. I'm I'm very glad that you're here, and I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Uh, and then I also have another guest today uh, known only as Frenchy. And Frenchy, you yourself are considered sort of an expert in the world of ufology and the study of UFOs, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, exactly. So first off, thank you for having me, and I'm really looking forward for that discussion.
0: Great. Thank you so much to both of you for being here. Um, I would like to just jump right in, Ryan. I would love it if you could kind of tell me about your story and your experience with UFOs. Um,
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I grew up in a city uh, called Leaf Rapids, Canada. This is in northern Manitoba. And I was camping with my dad at Lynn Lake. Uh, Lynn Lake is about, I'd, I'd say, 90 minutes north of Leaf Rapids by car. And my dad was a huge outdoorsman, and uh, he wanted to teach me everything in the book on survival when I was younger. And along came that you know, how to hunt, how to gather, and how to essentially thrive in the wilderness. And if you don't know much about Lynn Lake, Lynn Lake is a great spot for sports fishing during the summer. And in the winter, people go there for snowmobiling, uh, snowshoeing, and ice fishing, which is you know why my dad wanted to take me up there in the first place. He wanted to teach me how to ice fish, and Lynn Lake only has around a population of just under about 600 people. And my dad, God rest his soul, had just you know recently divorced for my mother, and partook in a lot of activities that embodied seclusion. So he he wanted he wanted to be on his own a lot, but I was there, so he wanted to take me. You know, scrappy little 11 year old kid gave him hell. I was really shy, didn't have a lot of friends, and. I saw my, my dad as my best friend and, and being together outdoors was sort of what bonded us. Um, but anyway, uh, he took me camping over the weekend and we had planned just to stay at least a few nights and we had camp set up and I went to take a leak. And I remember vividly seeing four bright dots in the sky uh, parallel to each other. And on the first night, it would hover. It was completely stationary. And then poof, it would just disappear. And I'd obviously tried telling my dad and and he just told me, you know, go back to bed, you know, insinuating it was just part of my imagination and that I was just tired. And I guess seeing weird dots in the sky was, was, I guess, simply a byproduct of my mind telling me that I should go to bed. But I went to bed that night and I had these horrific nightmares, like waking up several times. Sweaty, and each time it was preceded by a bright flash. So I, I can't even describe, you know, what they looked like, but I do remember like bulging eyeballs, and like beyond that, it's tough to visually remember their shape because there was there's nothing I can recollect of even being taken. But I remember uh, reaching out and touching them, and maybe this is. TMI, and and let me know if it is TMI. But when I was younger, I had a bad case of eczema. And so there was a patch where the skin would just flake off. And beneath the flaky skin, that's what these creatures felt like. They were soft and they were almost scaly, but there were no scales. And the skin of these creatures was like that, except it was wet and, and sort of sticky, almost as if it was like doused in a fruit jam. And oh my God, the smell. Like the smell was putrid. That's one thing I really remember. And I again, I don't really mean to be graphic here. So stop me if I'm being too graphic. But I had a Labradoodle when I was a kid and she had issues with her anal glands. And that's what the smell like was like. It would, it would emit this sort of black liquid and you'd have to squeeze the walls of her anus to get it out. And this is what it smelled like. It was like black licorice, but it had sort of a fishy pungent smell that was at the same time it was like sweet, like a, like a peach tart. And so the flashes like were instant, like I, I, there would be a flash and then I'd wake up and everything was normal. So on the second day, I I told my dad that I couldn't sleep really well. And I wasn't really in the mood to ice fish uh, with my dad, but I, I knew that he wanted to be there. I knew that he wanted to show me how to ice fish. And then while we were ice fishing, I saw the dots in the sky. Again, a huge flash, And boom, I was in bed again. And so there's no way I was dreaming of going ice fishing like that part. It felt so real. And so to this day, I don't know what was a dream and what wasn't. And, you know, I'm not sure if anybody knows about Northern Lights, so to speak, but... Uh, what I know of them is, you know, it's charged particles colliding with gases in the upper atmosphere. It's it's beautiful, bright colors. This usually happens year-round. Well,
1: that's but what they you, say. You'll, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's what mainstream science says. Nobody knows for sure what northern lights are.
2: Yeah, I, I guess that's what that's what science indicates that they are. Yeah. But here's the thing is that these these this is something that exists. It's something that you can see. Now, it's not something that you can see all the time because you have to be in the right space at the right time. It happens year round, but typically if you're lucky, you see it once. And over the course of this weekend, I saw it five times and this was in 98. So I was 11, like it was in the summertime and I, and I saw it five times. That's just, I mean, that's not something that's normal. I don't think, but the, the creatures I remember never made any noise. You know, I just remembered like these sort of whirring motors, of an operating table and the tools were on this sort of swivel. So that were being used and the, uh, I don't know the events of that weekend sort of just all bled into a day Marta. And I, I think we were just, uh, here's the thing. I, I don't remember, like we were supposed to be there for four days, but I don't remember the drive back. I don't remember getting home. I was just home. So it it was very peculiar but I'm almost 100% certain that it had to have been an abduction of some kind. I was definitely taken. I don't remember being taken but
0: I mean at this point I had to have been. Interesting. That's that's so interesting to hear. I think typically when we hear of these abduction stories we hear a lot of um you know physical visual descriptions of the aliens. Um I've never heard anyone kind of describe the the smell of them in the way that you've described and i know that that's something that typically you know when we dream typically there it's a visual feedback not necessarily sensory feedback so it's really interesting to kind of hear you talk about that um and i'm, I'm curious to note have these dreams come back since you went through this experience in 1998 or was is it a, a one-time thing
2: it was a one-time thing, so it, it's not okay. something that repeated over time. And it was something that happened. And 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 I have to apologize in advance if if my sort of you know voice was getting a little bit sort of almost exasperated. But like it was, it, it was so strange. Just cause sort of even telling the story right there, I almost felt as if my voice was sort of going because I was it, it was so it was so vivid in my mind. So describing it was actually kind of uh, strange, even mm-hmm. though I've done it before, but. Uh yeah, in terms of this dream, it it, it would ha- it, I I'd have to say that it only happened that weekend. And and obviously I'm 36 years old now, so that was a while ago, 98. Um yeah, it hasn't happened since.
0: Yeah, it's so- it certainly sounds like a very disorienting experience, so it's it's definitely understandable that you would, you know, mentally go back there recounting the story. Um Frenchie, I'm really curious to hear your take on this um I I understand that you've spent quite a bit of time studying abductions and uh, presumably speaking to abductees, similar to Ryan. I'd love to hear kind of your take on Ryan's story. Does this kind of match what you've researched in your own work?
1: So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to to unpack here. So first off, Marta, I I just want to come back to you because I appreciate what you're doing, but you've introduced yourself as a skeptic, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's here's the
1: thing, I respect everybody's point of view, but but at the end of the day, now especially nowadays, being skeptic about UFOs, extraterrestrials, and EBEs, extraterrestrial biological entities, uh, to me, it's you—you've got to be blind anyway. There's so much proof out there that we're not alone and we've never been, and uh, that's just that story that I've just heard is just another example of it. Now, does it ring a bell to me? Definitely. When you mentioned the smell of those entities, we don't know if they were extraterrestrials, but those entities that apparently abducted you. I immediately thought about the Virginia story uh, in Brazil that happened in 95. It's Some people call it the Brazilian Roswell. And what's awesome about that story is that contrary to most abduction stories like uh, uh the betty uh the betty hill story let me make sure i get the name right because yeah betty and barney hill story which was the very first uh abduction story ever recorded when it comes to the american uh field in that in that um, in that uh subject um the, about the, the virginia story in brazil it happened in ninety five and all of the um the witnesses are still alive. There's a great, great, great documentary that actually came out a few months ago called Moment of Contact. And I invite you, especially you, Marta, to watch that. And you if you're still skeptic after that documentary, yo, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because at the end of the day, yo.
2: So I was I was gonna ask Marta. I was I, I was thinking to myself, and I, I had no idea, Marta, that you were a skeptic of my story. In terms of when you hear my story, what aspects of it do you not believe?
1: Exactly, I was uh, going to say the same thing.
0: I, I will say when I when I frame myself as a skeptic, it was more around overall. We hear a lot of alien abduction stories that could potentially be explained as things like uh, sleep paralysis is a very common explanation that we've seen. I personally do believe in extraterrestrial life. I think that statistically speaking, the universe is too big and too unknown for there not to be something out there. I think. To to ultimately say there are there is no extraterrestrial life is is as you put it Frenchie, it's it's a it, you're, you'd have to be blind to believe that uh, yeah thank you um, I think it's just that there there is so much out there that does not seem real and it just it seems like it could be very easily explained as a dream that to me um, may not be as as realistic and as grounded as reality, that being said, I do see myself as sort of an open minded skeptic um, yeah. i'm am, I'm am very happy to have my mind changed um and and I, I hope it wasn't implied that I was skeptical of your story, Ryan, because no. it does seem very accurate um i I really just want to learn more about what happened um.
2: Yeah, you know, no, as, I, yeah. I, I get that. I, I think that, uh, and, you know, I'm definitely not in a place, uh, you know, to get offended by anybody's perspective. But, I mean, you brought it up yourself in terms of many aspects of this universe not e- even being explored. I mean, when you think about the mm-hmm. ocean, only 10% of it so far
0: exactly.
2: has been explored. And, and you got these little creatures at the bottom of the oceans that light up. Like, yeah. you know, what the fuck is that all about? Like, how do they have lights? Like, if they can exist, then how is it possible that extraterrestrials don't exist.
1: Well, yeah. well, well, that, but well, for, again, Marta, I truly, truly appreciate you saying that you have an open mind because at the end of the day, if you don't have an open mind, there's no way you're going to be able to welcome new information. And here's the thing, mm-hmm. like, you, you guys talked about how we know so much about the universe. we know We know almost nothing about reality anyway, because when it comes to being just a human being... Most human beings live their life through their five senses reality, which is a like uh, a tiny, tiny, tiny part of what actually goes on around us, and that that's that's the main thing with UFOs and and uh, extraterrestrial is that because people expect to be face to face with a physical being that a hey, I can call a uh, an, an ET or uh, like a non human entity, but Sometimes things happen that are completely out of our physical reality. And I think that's what happened to you, man. C- can you remind me your, uh, your first name, please? Ryan. Ryan. Okay, there you go, Ryan. Yeah, I, that's part of what happened to you because you yourself, you're not even able to say, was I dreaming? Was that real?
2: Yeah. A- a- yeah. Am I wrong here? No, you're, you're not wrong. And, and it also, I have to say that it doesn't help that you have all of these videos. Videos online, it's all—it's yeah. always in poor quality. Obviously, in '98, didn't have a cell phone camera, didn't even have a digital camera with me. Like, I, I there's no way for me to document what I experienced. Exactly. All I have is my memory, my mind, and you know, sort of what my vivid memories were of that evening.
1: Have you or, ever tried? My, have you ever tried hypnosis? Because most abductees, they actually remember a lot more when they go deep into hypnosis.
2: I haven't, and I'm afraid to do it. I, because yeah. I'm afraid that if I approach first of all, I I you know, in terms of Marta being a skeptic, I'm a skeptic of hypnotism. Of course, I don't of think course, it, yeah. I don't think it's possible. I don't think that makes sense for it to <laughs> you know happen to me, especially. And I and I also maybe a part of that is actually me being afraid of what I'll find. Like if someone hypnotizes me, I, I don't want to relive makes sense, yeah. Uh, you know, the events of that evening.
1: I, I got a question, if you remember right. Um did you feel any physical uh, scars or physical side effect of that abduction or was it just purely an experience like a uh, mental and uh, maybe in a way spiritual experience? Do you have any physical mark on your body or physically do you feel anything when you woke up?
2: No, no, there was no okay. physical imprint of what happened. And I guess, Marta, that's not going to help your, you know, your perspective <laughs> of, of Of being a skeptic, no, there was no physical mark, and I also felt no physical pain either. So there was no, there was. Were you scared?
1: Were you scared?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night, you know, just drenched in sweat, and and I think a part of it was just the fact that my dad wouldn't believe me. And and, like I would tell them multiple times and be like, go back to bed, or you know, just like don't worry about it. It's just lights in the sky. It's like
1: one thing I realized over the years, especially going into UFOs and abduction and even the paranormal, because sometimes actually it's the same thing. You you need to realize that sometimes it's not just extraterrestrial, it's actually extra-dimensional entities that are here around us, and they've always been here. That's also another thing that people have a hard time putting their mind around. Is like, hey. What we call ETs and UFOs, they've been mm-hmm. here on Earth the whole time, and sometimes even before us. So that's one thing you gotta keep in mind. But the but but the thing and so is, wait, uh, hold
2: on, Frenchie, you think that they're yeah. always around us? Is that what you're saying? You're, oh, you hmm. you think they live amongst us?
1: Absolutely, man. Like, just bro, there. Look, I'm I'm gonna ask you a few questions that have nothing to see with uh, nothing to do with UFOs and so, but you you'll see my point. Um, does Wi-Fi exist? Wi Fi, yes, yeah, yeah, it has to. Otherwise, how how would we be talking right now exactly? But can you see it? Can you see Wi Fi just Wi Fi, not the translation of Wi Fi on a computer screen or a or in earphones on your on your uh, freaking phone or mp3 player, whatever? Can you actually see with your eyes Wi Fi?
2: I mean, I can't, it's not tangible.
1: Okay, can you smell it? No, can you touch it? No. Can you taste it? No. Can you hear just Wi-Fi signal?
2: In, in the 90s, there was something called dial-up. So I guess back then. <laughs> yeah, could, but yeah.
1: no, that, that's not what we're talking about, brother. So can you actually hear? The, the answer is no. But here's the thing. Does it exist? Yes. Now, let's go back 200 years. Get well, 200, 500 years. Let's say, let's say you go to the middle age, right? Try to explain Wi-Fi to someone from the middle age. The okay, guy is either going to think you're crazy or he's going to burn you to the stake because he say, oh, you're a freaking sorcerer or you're a witch and they're going to kill you. So here's the thing. What we're sure of today, you never know what we're going to think about that 50 years later down the line or 200 years in the future. So my point is there's so much stuff that exists around us. What allows us to think that in those field and um, range of frequencies, there is no entities living there and sometimes those entities either lower the frequency or adapt their frequency to actually appear in our physical reality you see my point
2: yeah i mean well well frenchy i mean we're still living in in that era of people not believing you and there's even more evidence in terms of when you watch videos online and especially with the advent of VFX, visual effects, people debunking nah. actual videos nah, not of any- that anymore. happening.
1: No, 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 no Ryan, so I'm, I'm sorry, brother, not anymore. Like you, you could say that maybe, let's say, 15, 20 years ago, but not anymore. For now, it's, bro, it's it's officially, it's recent, but it's officially recognized by the US government, even now the Mexican government. Like they've said in Congress, like under oath, that means that if you lie under oath, you go to jail. You might even be like, I'm not even sure with American laws. I'm French, right? But uh, you might even go like, is that the death penalty? You guys know if you lie under oath Um, in front of Congress?
0: No, not not these days.
1: Well, okay. But anyway, for sure, it's prison time. So anyway, uh, over the summer, I think it was in July. Yeah, July, I think. Uh, They had those whistleblowers in front of Congress, basically saying, yeah, the US government have UFOs. They've had that for decades. They've been studying them. And some of them, they don't come from planet Earth. Not one point. Then a few months later, they had the Mexican, uh, like some. Um, no, it wasn't Mexican. I think it was Peru, Peruvian. But some scientists presenting in front of the Mexican Mexican Congress, mummies. Well, supposedly mummies of uh, ets that they found in Peru in uh, 2017, I think. And uh, yeah, so all those things happen in front of politician again under oath. Like it, now, it's official. You can't say now. I don't believe, well, well, you're allowed to for sure. But if if we stick and if we stay in the matrix and in the, in the mainstream narrative, now even the mainstream narrative officially recognized that UFO exists, extraterrestrial exists, and we've seen mummies of them on TV and in front of politicians. So no, I, I'm I mean, sorry. I no,
2: mean, I'm, uh, I'm on your side. Yeah. I mean, I'm the one who experienced it. I mean, I'm, exactly, I'm just really, exactly. I, I just think it's very, very tough for someone to have experienced it also to have conversations with people who are like Marta uh, are even if they're open-ended, they're, they are skeptics. And so I'm not, I'm not denying that that they exist because I'm I'm the one who experienced it. Exactly. But I, yeah. I have had conversations with people that debunk certain videos that are mm-hmm. uploaded online. And then even if you open the comment section, it's all, it's all skepticism. It's all, like- okay, it's CGI or it's yeah, AI or dude, it's something. That's not
1: dude never read the comments online that's the number one rule especially if you have an open mind because it's either bots or it's either trolls like i never read the comments online because at the end of the day you know what really matters is you and your own opinion and you got it same for you marta with all due respect like again it's awesome to have an open mind but here's the thing like i was like you (laughs) like a what five, maybe even 10 years ago, I was just like you. I was like, I don't really believe that, but I'm open and stuff. But hey, the deeper you go into that, the more research you do, the more testimony you listen, the more, basically, the more you're going to go deep into the rabbit hole. And here's the thing. To me, and Ryan's story is a perfect example of that, my rule of thumb when it comes to people calling, you know, whatever conspiracy theories, which I, I hate that term anyway, because all those conspiracy theories now turn to be true anyway with time. But what my rule of thumb is if I hear something once, I don't really believe it. I keep it in my head, but I'm like, eh, whatever. If I hear something twice, like and by say twice, I mean from two different people, two different whistleblowers, two this, two different witnesses, two different documentaries, interviews, books, books are very important too. Uh, then I'm like, okay, interesting. I'll definitely keep that in mind. And then if I hear it three, four, five times, like several different times from different people, from different countries, different time, different, again, backgrounds. Now to me, that story has, has legs and that story definitely deserves attention. And Ryan's story is the perfect example because then again, I'm. I'm pointing you guys to that uh, moment of contact, that documentary about the Virginia, the Brazilian Roswell. It's exactly the same stuff. Like, well, it's it's not an abduction story. Basically, long story short, 95, forgot the month, uh, UFO crashed in Virginia. It's a town in Brazil. Um, The military completely locked down the whole city. Crazy story. Locked down the whole city in search of that UFO. then like i think the the following day some uh some of the inhabitants of the town started seeing a weird creature an animal running loose in the city and that creature some they, there's three girls that actually saw the creature and they made a drawing of it and they so the i was actually gonna ask you do you remember the color your uh your uh the, the entities that abducted you the, their color the color I of mean- their skin the color of their eyes
2: not really because all of it's just so fr- like it's not very fresh in my memory i would say yeah. if if anything it was co- sort of like a bluish teal
1: but like gotcha but it, yeah. it was in the craft, right yeah
2: yeah yeah i, got, I mean, gotcha so yeah but i'm not yeah. sure whether that was a byproduct of my dream or not like that's the thing is like i don't know what was real what what wasn't
1: you know gotcha but anyway uh one of the biggest point of that virginia story in brazil is that the smell of those beings like like they, they took one of the body because they actually found one dead. They took one of the body to the local hospital to do some x-rays and stuff. They basically said that the smell was so strong it took them weeks to get the smell out of the, the building. And they tried everything. They tried to clean. They tried the, the, the freaking like bleach, everything and nothing could make it go away. And I'm actually surprised. <laughs> like, I gotta be honest, bro. I'm actually surprised you were well, at least in your dream, able to touch one because in that same Virginia story, the Brazilian Roswell, uh, one of the police officers that actually captured a living one uh, died within two weeks of a mysterious disease that they never found what happened. He had physical contact with the creature because he had to grab it to put it in their car and the guy died like within two weeks. And again, the family of that officer is still alive and they refuse to, to give testimonies. It's That that whole story is so weird. Again, that, to me, it's like one of the best stories that I point skeptic towards and I'm like, hey, okay, watch this and tell me if you still, not believe, but if it doesn't ring a bell to you.
2: Well, I mean, it's fascinating when I, you know, I can't even describe like the touch specifically because I don't know whether it was real or not. I, I think it was real, but in terms of reaching out, it was almost—if I can recall—it's almost as if I was touching a
1: halo. Of yeah, it, instead so you, it itself. Great, great fucking point, brother. Because sometimes those abductions—they're actually not physical. They're actually made through like some weird holographic technology. Because especially now, like with the progress of science, and that's a whole other topic. um The progress of science—they uh, actually admit that there's a way to do 3D holographic uh, images like not images but basically like holograms that you can actually touch so that that's definitely possible that that abduction was definitely in in, in a way uh, like a a mental experience for you but projected through some kind of holographic technology man you never know that's a great thing about that because the more you think you know Mm. the less you realize that wow my mind is completely blown away by that
0: I think that's a really interesting point, Frenchie, in terms of the you know the use of technology to kind of generate these these physical experiences. And I kind of want to want to pivot towards talking about that, you know, the technology being used, and even you know the technology on the the ships themselves. Uh, Ryan, I, w- I was wondering, you know, you've you've described quite a bit about the, f- the physicality of the creatures. Do you remember anything about the actual surroundings that you were in?
2: I don't remember, you know, as I mentioned, I don't remember being taken. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, anything that you've ever watched in media or on television or the way that aliens or extraterrestrials are portrayed on TV is like a, a ship will sort of spin something in the middle and then you know you hover and you're sucked yeah. into the sky none of that sure. none of that is something that i can recall happening it was almost as if it was like by the snap of a finger i was either at camp or i was inside their so-called ship if that's even what what it is or what it was and so i don't remember being sucked in
1: you're not even sure it was a ship anyway you might have been on the ground for all you know
2: that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, interesting. I have no yeah. idea.
1: That's what I mean when, when I say. That's what I mean when you, I say you you gotta keep an open mind because people think it is abduction, UFO. Well, hey, brother, maybe you're just deep underground in a one of those deep underground military base that we call doms. But that's it. Like nobody really knows for sure. But that's the beauty of it is that anyone that says I know. It's ninety nine percent that is a B. Uh, it's all BS, and sometimes, most of the time, government BS. But I don't really want to get into that because then, yeah, I might go the whole other. Yeah, order. it's whole other, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, um Frenchie, it's it's. I'm curious to ask you. Um, you know, you've mentioned the idea that you know these could take place underground. You also mentioned earlier the idea that these these beings have been on Earth with us this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think they've accomplished that? Is there some sort of, you know, like camouflaging or cloaking technology being used or or is it just, we don't know what to look for?
1: Well, it's a mixture of, we don't know what to look for, but also that there's so much possibilities. Like, look, um, cloaking technology is definitely a, a way. Now, if you ask for my deep I'm not going to say personal opinion, but let's say the the opinion that I formed, reading, researching, watching, learning about that stuff for the past 10 years, uh, my opinion is that, I know it's going to sound cliche, but we are the aliens, simply because, and, and even if you listen to something I hate, which you call mainstream science, they themselves say that we have no idea how, homo sapiens sapiens came to life because if you look at the official narrative of evolution even the scientists so-called scientists they're going to say well in ten thousand years we don't know how we went from i think it's homo erectus to homo sapiens it just happened like in in the back of an eye boom we suddenly grew, grew to be super smart and learned to use tools and stuff but just that to me is a huge red flag it's like wait you want me to believe that well, yeah, you're teaching me that in school, in school, so you're basically installing a software in my brain that makes me think that, okay, that's the version and nothing is allowed outside of that. But at the end of the day, sometimes, I don't know who said that, but the most simple explanation is usually the best. And to me, it's like is genetic manipulation because we do it nowadays. So what makes us, what allows us not to think that a higher, more intelligent species came to earth and started to genetically alter whatever was here before. So let's say Homo erectus and they made us smarter and just now let us evolve. So, and, and that's to go back to your questions, are they still here? And why are we not seeing them? Well, look, if you're doing an experience, like if you're creating life, let's put it that way. And you want to see all how that life that you created evolved. Are you going to be around and be like, hey, I'm watching you, I'm watching you, I'm watching you? No, you're just going to stand outside and not interfere because you actually want to see how your creation is going to evolve. And personal opinion, I think that's the case. I think we're a gigantic biological experience in that awesome, beautiful laboratory that we call Earth. And that's it. The, so the wait, scientists, uh, yo, Frenchy, go ahead,
2: If, if yeah. we're all aliens, then what's the purpose of them taking one of their own to do further? Uh,
1: well, you know, easy, exploration, brother. But why? Easy. Like, uh, do you sometimes go like uh, how, how do you say in English? Uh, like a, like a, take a blood. Do you do blood tests, right? You go to the doctor sometimes to check what's wrong with you or yes. what's wrong. or well, if everything goes fine, well, here's the same same thing. Like, I, I think there's so many species and not necessarily it is like extra dimensional entities that have tinkered with the human what we call the human dna because keep in mind the human dna we're only using like what 10 percent of it everything else is a hey, just junk dna but it's not junk dna it's just dna that they don't want us to completely use because then we're, we'll be anything but human but anyway all this to say that they just come and check on the experience on the, yeah, on the experience and on the 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 guinea pig. And again, I'm not saying that in a bad way. That's the thing. Here's the thing.
2: No, it could be positive. Like they might just exactly exactly exa- ex- right.
1: Ex- exactly, exactly. And it at the end a of the day, part of evolution. That for sure. But like I was asking you if you had any physical markings or pain and stuff, and you said no. And here's the thing: no. there's something in our brain called the reptilian brain that actually wasn't there before. It's appeared out of nowhere and that reptilian brain is responsible for the fight or flee uh, reaction in human beings and it's also responsible for basically being to make it really simple basically being scared of anything that doesn't look natural and that's okay. again that's what happened to you like again you've been adopted and first reaction is like oh my god what's happening what's happening what's happening and and what's happening in a I was going to say maybe, stop me if I'm wrong, but in a fearful way, right? You were scared. Well, so
2: right? wh- what's your ex- explanation? Because I, you know, coming on this podcast, I, you know, I've told the story only a handful of times. I want to you know, get from you in terms of what your perspective is on my experience and my situation. Why do you think in my situation that I can't remember being taken? Why, why would that be?
1: Well, like why you don't remember everything in perfect detail? Yeah.
2: Yeah, of, why? Why do I not remember it?
1: Okay, well, first off, let me put that out. I'm not an expert. Like, I don't consider myself an expert. I'm passionate about that, but I'm whatever I'm telling you is not going to be the truth, right? I just want to make that clear. We're on the same page, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I I was just looking to see whether you have any, you
1: know, no, insight I, I, on what that would be. Yeah, I have an opinion, but it's not going to be the truth, right? Because again, I I wasn't in your shoes. I wasn't there. And I can only give you my feeling about that so my feeling would be number one maybe you were not supposed to remember stuff and maybe something happened in there the way they sorry to say that but they it's the way they operated on you something went wrong and now you remember parts of it maybe you weren't and they were, other completely flipping the coin maybe you were supposed to remember and your presence here in on that podcast and again with that whole thing that the reason we're all here is of what's happening to Noah and Sarah right now under the Denver airport so they say it's again it's maybe that's the part of the whole uh, the whole process of disclosure wished by some of those races wished by some of those extraterrestrials that want to actually to come out to the public but they have to do it in a very not subtle way but they have to do it in a gradual way because brother if they decide to just show up on the lawn of the white house or above the Eiffel tower in paris yo bro that's gonna be mass panic and bro like if you think riots are bad like that's definitely not the best way to go so i don't know man like again it's either you weren't supposed to remember or maybe you were supposed to remember to be a spokesperson for all the people that gets adopted and I don't know, bring your piece to the puzzle. What do you think? How do you feel about that? I mean,
2: I'm starting to think that you were the one who abducted me, Frenchie.
1: Right. <laughs> no, man, it's, trust me, I, I'd remember. And if, if I was, man, bro, I'd be all over the news telling people that, hey, we're not alone, we've never been, and uh, don't listen to the government. Because if you hear it on TV, it's usually bullshit. So actually, I wouldn't be on TV, I think.
2: And, and so, you know, you speak of television, you speak of you know, film, TV, media, the way it's portrayed in movies. Why do you think... Uh, and maybe Marty, you you can sort of shed light on this as well. But why why is it that there there's been sort of this uh, perspective on shapeshifting, like the need to shapeshift into humans? If as Frenchie was saying, you know, they're already amongst us in, in human form.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept, and you're right. It is it is portrayed in a lot of science fiction, um, as as well as you know, like what Frenchie was saying in terms of you know the genetic manipulation, and perhaps we are the product of these aliens we see that in, th- in movies like Prometheus or even in Star mm-hmm. Trek they discuss having these you know this one single race of humanoid aliens
2: yes. uh, who oh. have
0: gone and spread their seeds for lack of a better term across the universe um, I, I I think that the theory of you know trying to create something that is like us so that we don't have that fight or flight response to me makes sense, because if you are trying to learn about a culture, if you are trying to immerse yourself in that culture, you can't really be an outsider because all of your um, interactions are going to be from the perspective of people seeing you as an outsider. You kind of have to be integrated completely, and I think that's where shapeshifting comes into play in terms of you know try- just trying to fit in really, right. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I guess like like one of the other things that leads me to in terms of question is the idea of the uncanny valley, Um, you know, because a lot of times, at least in the media, we see depictions of shape shifting that aren't quite there. You know, it's kind of human, but the mouth is off or the arms are a bit too long. Um, And I'm wondering, uh, Frenchie, in your research, have you kind of come across any explanation for why we fear these things that are almost human?
1: Well. Uh, there's definitely okay. First off, there, there there's definitely something I want to do because in my research, quotation mark, uh, I've come across a uh, funny story that I'm going to share with you. Many whistleblowers have always said that one of the biggest hub when it comes to deep underground uh, military bases and uh, ET abduction is around the Las Vegas area. And many have said that whenever you go to Vegas, have Strong thought in your head, of of saying loud in your head telepathically. If there is an alien around me, show yourself, and keep repeating that over and over and over again. And if and it's not if, usually if you do that in Vegas, you're definitely gonna have an experience. So that's that's mm-hmm. one of my goal in my life. And de- next time I'm in Vegas, I'm gonna be like thinking that so loud that hopefully I. Um, well, hopefully make contact or, yeah, like have an experience. I've I've had friends. I'm not going to say who they are, but is that
2: is that like the alien version of Candyman? Like when you when you repeat Candyman <laughs> three times and it comes out. Uh, of the
1: I I uh, sorry, brother. I I haven't watched that movie, so I I can't really say. But, that is uh, what it
0: sounds like to me, though. Yeah.
1: Well, well, I'm definitely going to watch that movie because I, as I was listening to you guys talking about movies and stuff, what I love doing is watching movies, and because in some of them it's actually disclosure, but hidden in the under the the the, the veil of science fiction and entertainment and stuff. Uh, because so you mentioned about uh, Marta, you mentioned shapeshifting and uh, why we're scared of them and stuff. That actually reminded me because. Again, no disrespect to you two guys, but you're you're thinking okay, uh, those entities are not human but they're hiding under a human mask. Again, it's it's too simplistic to think this way. There's there's like dozens of ways that they can be around us and we don't even notice them. They can be invisible or they can be like not in the spectrum of visible light and uh like hearing you guys talk about that reminded me of a movie that again i'm inviting you to watch i found it the other day i can't remember if it was on amazon prime or uh, it wasn't netflix might have been amazon prime or uh uh, disney plus maybe who knows anyway so in french it's called la Mutante, and in english it's from it's a 95 uh, 1995 movie called species in, uh, in america Yo, that movie is freaking great! Like, do you remember that movie, Marta?
0: I do. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The whole story, the whole synopsis, is like to me, to me, and from again everything I've read and research is like it's full disclosure. Like, have you seen the movie, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I mean, if all aliens looked like Natasha Hinstridge, that would be well, incredible. Yeah, well, <laughs> but yeah,
1: but yeah, but brother, that's the entertainment part that they want you to focus about. Like, I'm focusing on. The actual story. The story is well,
2: I want to know what, you know, why is it that my experience is so affiliated, so closely affiliated them uh, to, to what is being portrayed in film and television. How do they know?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's really interesting to me, Frenchie, that you specifically raised the movie species because yeah. um when we think about other, you know, creatures that have showed up in Escaping Denver, uh the chupacabra, for example. Yeah. Um one of the earliest reported eyewitness accounts of a chupacabra was given by a woman who the the description that she gave was identical to the alien from species which she had just seen in theaters Uh so i think from a skeptic's perspective if i'm if i'm putting that hat on um does the media that we are seeing the science fiction media that we are seeing kind of influence what we are what 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 abductees are reporting? For example, you know, Ryan nah, uh, Did you believe in aliens before this happened?
2: I mean, I was I was eleven, so I mean everything terrified sure. me. I believed in everything. Like I believed in ghosts. Yeah. I mean, as I grow older, I mean, I definitely am very skeptic of of ghosts, but I think that when it comes to aliens, again, as you mentioned earlier, Marta, there's no reason to believe that they don't exist.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But had you had you potentially, you know, watched any alien movies before that that time? I know it's it's hard to recall what movies you watched. I yeah, I mean when I, kid, kid, I, when I was a kid, I watched movie, yeah.
2: I watched E. T. and 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 mm-hmm. movies like that. But as I grow older, I think what terrifies me more than watching fiction work is documentaries. Oh, and obviously French, you mentioned documentaries. I find documentaries to be even more terrifying because they're accounts from real people. So-called real people, I think they're not actors that have very similar experiences to mine, and so it's I think it's fascinating, obviously, as much of it is portrayed in in fiction work, I think the scariest thing is that people have had experiences very similar, like the one that I've had, but they're being told from the perspective of a real person. I think that's the scariest of it all,
1: uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, yo, to come back to your question, uh, again, no disrespect. Again, I accept and truly really appreciate you being here. But the way you phrased your question and basically what you were implying, whether you think it or not, that's exactly what the, well, let's say I, I'm going to use that term, even though I hate it. That's what the Matrix wants you to think. Like, basically, mm. you, you've basically said, okay, someone watches, watches a movie and then by some mental subconscious process is going to translate what he see, what he's seen in the movie into what happened to him. I I say that that's it. That's the other way around. Whatever they put in the movies is done so, so that when act, when someone actually has a real experience, people around that person hearing about it think it's bullshit. If you see where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah so it goes really deep this is you know embedded oh, within mainstream media that they are putting these images
1: absolutely because at the end of the day again I'm going back to the to the scientific experiments if we're just a gigantic experience right by a higher more intelligent species they're going to want to protect again the illusion the matrix the the the, the bubble around the experience so they're going to have specific way of controlling the population so whether it's politics banking system um entertainment uh, hollywood all that all that is just a gigantic part to prevent <laughs> the lab rats to get out of the the maze basically that's the best way to sum it
0: up okay that's that's really really interesting to hear um i i do have a question kind of related to you know the, the fact that these these creatures you know have created us as, as for lack of a better term yeah um ryan and i'm wondering why do you think you were chosen for an abduction why why 11 year old ryan that's a good question i'd love to hear that answer
2: that is that is that is a good question i mean i only have theories i guess i was a young impressionable kid but i i don't I don't see myself as a very special person in, in that way, and so to answer that question i I have no idea because yeah. it wasn't like I was particularly intelligent in any field I wasn't like you know first in my class of anything. I was just sort of like a, a loner kid that just hung out on my own. so I actually you know this is this is baffling me as no one's ever asked me that that's that's very
1: it's very interesting. Can I ask you something Ryan? uh what's your family background like again i'm not i'm not going to ask if you're rich or anything but uh, you'll see where i'm going with that but is there anything special about your family like the family is
2: dysfunctional because okay obviously you know my mom separated from my dad early on yeah you know when i was like 8 or 9 and so i it's 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 been very very dysfunctional in the sense that my dad's gone now and so well,
1: yeah well the, the reason i'm asking that because again and seeing what's happening supposedly under denver to noah and uh, sarah is um sometimes you know when some people have s- specific genetics uh they tend to be more susceptible to being abducted or tested on simply because their bloodline is special or they have something in their DNA hmm. that makes them more interesting to people so whether that's the case for you Ryan or that's the case for Noah and Sarah that that, that would be that would be definitely something like something to to dig and to study right. because yeah
2: well it's, it's interesting do, do special people know that they're special I guess that's another perspective exactly because I, mean, I, I feel like you know when I you know look at what I do now I'm I'm a, I'm a normal uh-huh. Know, middle not middle aged, I guess, like thirty-six year old guy just doing what I do, but like I don't I don't feel more special than anyone else.
0: Yeah, I I guess as a counterpoint to that idea, um if you were performing an experiment, a mass experiment that's, you know, across billions of people, wouldn't you want to have the average as the baseline? Wouldn't you necessarily not want the special one? Wouldn't you want just a normal person?
1: Well, that's a good question but at the end of the day again if you're running an experience on billions of people hey those eight seven or eight billions of people all came from one individual to start with right true do we agree on that like the 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 origin at the end of the day again if if you start an experiment there's always that original creation so technically uh i'm saying we we we're all special that's the thing. Some more than others, definitely, but we're all special. We all have it in us. So, again, that's um, again that's the thing. Like uh, some uh, there's, I'm I'm sure personal opinion. I'm sure there's thousands and thousands of people that get adopted every year, every day. They just don't remember it.
2: But but, Frenchy, you mentioned genetics and and people who are intellectually superior to others. And so, do you think, in your opinion, that every smart person? I mean, I I'm. I would say that I'm average in terms of how intelligent yeah. I am. I mean, I did well enough in school, but it wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, full full A's or, or whatever. But like in your opinion, pretty much, are all the hyper intellectual people in this world like, can we just assume that they're aliens, I guess?
1: Now, Well, again, if if that's how you understood what I was saying, maybe Maybe I didn't phrase it the, the right way. Again, English is not my native language, right? Uh, I didn't imply special bloodlines, special genetics, special families, as in they're more intelligent. I was just implying about, again, the, their specific genetics. And okay, long story short, again, and that's actually a good point because recently they, they, like the voice messenger from Noah started to mention Nibiru. Are you guys aware of the whole Nibiru and Anu? Naki stories like where it comes from it's, and what
0: yeah 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 it's it's the theory that there's a a secret you know ninth or theorized ninth planet
1: no technically it's twelfth 12th planet twelfth
0: 12th, oh yeah excuse me yeah yeah okay
1: it's again it's from Zakaria Zichin mid of the middle of the nineties again it's a whole story like we could do a whole podcast about that but long story short Zakaria Zichin with uh, I think he was Polish or Eastern Europe or German or well, anyway he translated the Sumerian or so they say he, he translated the Sumerian tablets uh, maybe he was just the front front man for the message that the the Matrix wanted to put out to the people but again that's another topic but anyway uh, Zikara Zichin so translated those uh, Sumerian tablets and in one of those I think it was the Enuma Elish I think there's again there's so much information In my brain, Um, in one of those tablets, they basically explain how humanity was created by a race of uh, people coming from the sky, the Anunnaki, which technically means in uh, ancient Sumerian, if I'm not mistaken. Anunnaki, uh, those who from uh, heaven came to earth And uh, so they came on earth because they needed gold to, they need to mine gold to save their own planet Nibiru because the atmosphere was effed up over there and they needed uh, monoatomic gold to save their planet. And they started mining gold on earth and it became too hard for them. So they started to revolt against their kingship. And uh, so one of the scientists there called uh, Enki, which was one of the son of Anu, which was the head master of the Anunnaki be like, Hey, you know what? Uh, let me study and try to create a race slave. So we don't have to do the work. And so that's it. So they found some semi intelligent monkeys on earth and they mix their DNA with them to make them smarter, smart enough to be able to use tools and mine gold for them, but not smart enough to revolt and understand that, Hey, we're smarter than we're smarter and stronger than what we are. So again, that's the whole story of the whole Anunnaki stuff. And, um, I don't even know why I was saying that. Where were we before that?
0: Um, we were talking about the uh, average intelligence.
1: Yeah, there we go. So the yeah. idea of
0: bloodlines.
1: Awesome. There we go. Thank you very much, Marta. Yeah, again, sorry, my brain is sometimes going every direction. It's, totally uh, fair. <laughs> I was going to say it's a nightmare. Definitely not like the kind of nightmare you had, Ryan. I'm not saying it was one. But, yeah, you know, seriously. You, it seems yeah. like
2: uh, seems like you're you're. I mean. You seem like a hyper-intelligent person to me. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know if I'm hyper-intelligent, but my brain is like a hard drive. I just record information and I just open the folder when I need it. But anyway, all this to say that again, to finish on the bloodline stuff. Well, basically, some of the first creations of those Anunnaki that came on Earth, like again, they, again, but that again, we can go now into religion. The first being that they created was called the Adamu, which was the first... Whatever first uh, slave, and again Adamu makes you think of Adam, the first man that you find in the Bible. So again, all that is related. Again, you take the Bible; it's exactly the same story that you find in the Sumerian tablet, just the name changes. And it's it's a complete joke. But anyway, all this to say that that those first creation, the Adamu, that were direct in a way, in a way, direct descendant of those gods coming from heaven. Because again, if you look at all the mythologies around the world, what are the gods? Oh, they higher being that came from the sky. What the hell does that tell you? To me, if that doesn't scream ETs, UFOs, what else does, right? So anyway, those first creations from were direct descendant from the uh, from the gods coming from the, coming from the sky. And that those descendants created bloodlines that throughout the histories managed through secret societies and again, way of operating in the shadows, basically remain at the controls of society as we know it nowadays. And that's what I mean by specific genetics, because again, what started with maybe a few dozen individuals, now we're 8 billion. So of course, the whole purity of the bloodline got diluted throughout history, where so many again, living beings right now on Earth. But that's why, and that goes back now to all the royal families, why do they think they want to keep their blood pure? And why do they all marry in between their royal bloodlines and stuff? Some people say it's because they want to keep the bloodline pure and because those specific bloodlines have specific powers or capacities. And again, I'm telling you that what's awesome, and I think, uh, I don't know, on my head, I don't know where you guys want to go after that, but I was going to say that's a good way to... Like finish the conversation. That point is that when you get into UFOs and ETs, it just opens up your mind and your field of vision to everything that's, hap- that's happening, has happened, and will happen on this planet. If that's really a planet we're on, I haven't been to space. I can't say if it's round. I can't say if it's flat. I don't know. And in my, I was going to say my online communities, nobody knows either. We we just keep an open mind.
0: That's a that's a very astute way I think of of, of putting it. Um, and it's it's yeah it's you've you've really given me you're, you're to think spe- about here.
1: <laughs> you're speechless. I know that. That's I was <laughs> going to say that. That's one of my fa- favorite hobbies. That again, so no disrespect, but taking skeptics and turning them into well, speechless, hungry for information. Human beings, because that's what, that's what we're here for. We're here to learn. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And that means we're here to learn, enjoy life, number one, but also learn and get better. So, Marta, if I'm helping you right now, trying to expand your horizon and want to know more, well, mission is accomplished. And you, Ryan, if I helped you somehow try to see clear or at least accept that experience as a gift instead of a curse, Again, same mission accomplished.
2: I mean, honestly, I don't see it as as a curse at all. I, I see it as a positive because I'm, I mean, I, again, I I mentioned that I have no physical markings. It wasn't painful. It was it was yeah. traumatic in the sense that I experienced it. But I'm I'm still not sure how it informed the rest of my life. Uh, again, I had never, you know, it never happened to me again. I didn't have the dreams again. Usually, I, I would imagine, you know, especially if it's portrayed in media, people will you know, get those flashbacks again of, of of that time period in which it happened. But mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, it never happened again.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe it was supposed yeah. to be that way. Or maybe again, again, I'm, I know you're afraid of that, but definitely, Um, if, look, first off, I wish I had that experience, bro. Because, then right. I would have tried to... It's not too late. Well, <laughs> hey, guys, if you're hearing me, I'm here. Like, I'll be <laughs> down. and uh, But only the good ones, All, of course. Because sometimes it's not so... I was going to say even if it wasn't necessarily for you but sometimes it's not so enjoyable I, I've, and yeah. again we didn't talk about that but also the thing is sometimes again I don't want to go too deep into that because then it it's, we go a completely different direction but sometimes they're not even actually actual it is. There are humans that portray themselves as ETs just to scare the population and again reinforce that narrative that oh ETs are bad and uh, there's going to be an invasion one day and when that happens the whole world has to unite so we can have a new world order and stuff like that. So, wow. mm-hmm. so it's hey, almost yeah, that, like uh,
2: humans shape shifting into.
1: Well, they're not even shapeshifting. Life form nah, some of them. They just wear like super advanced Hollywood makeup stuff. Like th- th- there's been stories of that but yo that that's it like i don't like the 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 average population do not realize what's actually possible because at the end of the day you got to think that, that there there there's a, some go- a good saying from uh, military whistleblowers that say that if you see like a technologic uh, techo- technological advancement in mainstream population that means that they've had it in the, in the secret military programs for at least 50 to 70 years. So imagine how advanced they are right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, well, Frenchie, why is it that they're keeping it from us? Obviously, I mean, you know, they're, they're, Easy, they're, they're secret information, but why not? Why is it so guarded?
1: Well, t- t- main reason is to keep us enslaved. Because at the end of the day, okay, to make it very, very, very simple, if you have a craft that can actually, uh, like, travel across galaxies in a matter of in an instant like not even not even minutes seconds right anyone that has a brain or a few neurons to think is going to wonder okay but what kind of fuel do they use so the the answer for that would be most of the time uh, free energy like nikola Tesla was working on and so now if you realize that we've had that technology for at least 70 years you're wondering okay so if there's a way to travel across the the whole space and the whole galaxy for free technically not using gas or or uh, coal or anything or nuclear f- fusion why don't we have it right now in the mainstream population where they keep telling us oh carbon is bad and you have to stop using like mechanical cars and use electric and stuff because they want to control. Because as long as you gotta pay every month your electric bill and your gas for your car and all that, you gotta keep working. So again, so you're telling me get, that that,
2: they're, that they have the tech It's all financial.
0: Years it's to, all financial, bro. There's no profit, the free energy.
2: Right. Exactly. So so they have the 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 tech that they've been hiding seventy years that they can travel across galaxies, and I still need to take the bus to work. Is that what you're <laughs> saying, Frenchy?
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. And at the end of the day, they don't really care whether we believe in ETs or not. All they want is they want to and again, again, I, I, I want to make that clear because I don't want any trouble, you know. I don't want to have some people come knock on my door or have some black helicopter flying over my house and stuff. But again, I'm i I was gonna say I have nothing against that. I'm just stating facts here, right? And I'm not the one saying them. Like there's dozens of whistleblowers saying that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's bro. They just want to keep control of again the, the the slave, the the lab rats, the however you want to call that, and money and the whole banking system is the best way to do that. Because then again, man, once once you start opening your eyes and just w- watching how the world works right now, you definitely see that something's really wrong, and yeah, that's part of it.
0: I think, I think that's a really interesting segue into, you know, as we, as we wrap this up, um, I kind of want to pose one final question to both of you. You know, obviously we know where you both stand in terms of your belief, um, of, of the UFOs and of aliens who may be existing on earth. Um, but my question is, do you think they're here to help or do you think they're here to harm?
2: I think if they were, I think if they were here to harm, we wouldn't be here anymore. So I think they're either using us for research to evolve the species as it is, or, I mean, I think there is no war, actually. I, I don't think that they're here to harm us at all. They can't, because if they were here to harm us, why, why again, Marta, would we still be here? Exactly.
0: Frenchie. how about yourself?
1: Uh, how long do you have for me to answer that question?
0: Uh, let's see
1: if we can get it in a couple of minutes. Well, wow, uh, two minutes. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's going to be tough. Um, whenever something happens to a living being that has a soul and something violent, there's a uh, there's a um, a an energetic trouble. Again, that's a fi- that, that's a wrong answer. We we need the whole podcast for that. But long story short, again um i think we're protected i think we're, humanity is only allowed to go so far into deep s-h-i-t as we're not gonna mess things up for too many people around us if i'm being clear and i'll give you a perfect story everybody's heard about the roswell crash and incident right mm-hmm. do you know the date
0: uh oh gosh 1941 seven, For no, seven no, yeah.
1: no, 1947 why did that happen and again I'm just quoting many whistleblowers and many books and interviews and testimonies that have happened about that basically when uh, the Americans started uh, toying with uh, the atomic bomb what's an atomic bomb it's when basically when you split an atom okay are mm-hmm. we were were, we're, we're you following me so when you split the atom. In our physical reality, what happens is that you've got that gigantic explosion killing thousands, if not millions of people. Okay, But on a quen- quantum level, when you split the atom, what happens on Earth, like an atomic bomb going off, is going to have ripple effects on the other side of the galaxy. So what happened is that when we started being stupid with atomic bombs, we actually messed up technologies from civilization and it is however you want to call that at the other far side of the galaxy so that's when ufo sightings really started to go high numbers because basically all those more advanced uh, societies or civilization came to earth and were like okay what are the monkeys doing down there like what the hell like they 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 messed up our stuff and there were so many sighting at that time period, like again, that was 47, so two years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And uh, that eventually some of them had, uh, like, uh, and again, that's another way to look at it. Either they had technological problem and then you had that crash at Roswell, or they were like, okay, now they don't realize that they're not alone in the universe. Let's throw them a bone. Let's throw them one of our craft. Let, let it crash on Earth and see how they deal with that. And that's why it ended up giving, uh, giving birth to Majest- the Majestic 12 group and the whole secret space program and the whole, again, uh, UFO cover-up that they're barely starting to put out in the news right now, what? what 70, 80 years later. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, um, yeah, so whether they're good or bad, I, I think some are watching us they keep a close eye. Some definitely want to do bad things, but I think there are other entities that actually protect us, but they can't do it. They cannot. They're not allowed to do it in a direct way. And yeah, they got to find ways. And yeah, so again, that's a vast question. Like uh, we could spend like hours talking about that, but yeah, I hope I...
2: Good aliens versus bad aliens. Maybe they can just, yeah.
1: Well, from what the whistleblower says, like only 5% are really bad. Like five percent, five percent are really bad. Five percent are really good, and there's ninety percent I don't really give a crap.
2: Just like they human just, beings.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of parallels there. Wow. It wow. Makes sense. If we if we come from them, we're just like them, as above, so below, guys.
0: And that I think is. It- is a fantastic place for us to wrap up this conversation uh, Ryan Tan and Frenchie I want to thank you both so much this has been a really eye-opening experience for myself and hopefully for our listeners who will go out and as, as I am going to do um, who are going to go out and do their own independent research on this um, I really appreciate you both sharing your opinions and your stories and thank you everyone for, for listening I really hope that this gives you something to kind of think about in your own time Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Escaping Denver Roundtable. We'll see you next time.